Hi, I'm Corey of Conversations with Corey, who is ready for raw and honest conversations about life, faith, struggles, and things that bring you joy, things that make you furious. What have you overcome? Where does resilience come from? Join me as I have insightful, honest, and raw conversations with a variety of everyday people walking out their faith in truth and love. I can't wait. See you soon. everyone, this is Corey and this is Conversations with Corey and I wanted to talk to you today about beginnings and specifically about roots. You know, it's I always have this conversation in my with myself in my mind whenever I'm doing anything. I'm always having kind of a personal dialogue. I don't know if you're like that, but I tend to dialogue with myself in my mind quite a bit and and today I was really struck with the idea of having roots and what does it mean to be rooted what are roots and roots have beginnings I mean sometimes you have old roots and they're things that have been passed down to you from family or or genetics or history or religion or whatever but I mean planting your roots and growing that thing that you have been given to plant, given to do. And how did that start? How did how did you get here? What happens if you get unrooted? What happens if you have to uproot and and replant somewhere else as we did in moving across the country? And as I'm really thinking about my roots, I'm really beginning to see the value in beginnings the value of the beginning of any any time in your life any story beginning of your your life beginning of your um, marriage beginning of becoming a mother there are beginnings there are the story in between and there are endings but in but in the beginning is where you establish your roots and roots matter because from roots come all that fruit everything in your life comes from roots good or bad there's a root so I thought I would share a little bit about the beginning of my midwifery journey which I don't think I've actually shared um, too much about and beginning of my journey into motherhood and kind of what brought me to the place of knowing that I wanted to be a midwife but before that was knowing that I wanted to be a mother I've kind of always wanted to be a mom and I know that's not everybody's dream not everybody's story but it's mine and I've always wanted to be a mother I was kind of like born a mother I used to mother my younger brother and I definitely had a lot of um, dolls growing up and I definitely mothered all my dolls. I put them in my bed and there'd be so many of them. I would sleep on the floor, sleep next to them. Um, I always tucked them into bed before I went to sleep. They were real to me. And, and I, and as I, you know, got married and my husband and I um, had children and, 
and we just loved that. I had an instinctual, I don't know, maybe an early revelation about the idea that I could, we could have a child and, and we could somehow mold and, and raise that child up to be something amazing, something great something or someone that would change the world or make it of just a better place our goal was to raise individuals who knew they were loved and would love others and i hope that we've done that i believe we have um but let me go back to beginnings when when I was just 18 years old just shy of my 19th birthday my husband and I found out that I was pregnant and at the time actually we weren't married and at the time I was not um following you know, I was not walking in any of uh, uh, any. <laughs> I was not walking with God. I was walking in my own way and doing my own thing. And as many have gone before me um, could tell you, there is a story in that, and that's not the story for today. But this story is that I was pregnant, and I had. And understanding, even though I wasn't following my faith, I had an understanding that I was carrying a life and that I had just done something really important and really serious, that I was carrying a human life. And and I just, you know, I think I said to my husband, my, my boyfriend at the time, we just made a baby. We, we, we should be taking this, what we're doing more seriously. We should be getting married. And I think I had just a knowing that this was a sacred thing that we were doing. And we were out of the realms of that sacredness, out of the realm of that understanding and that knowledge of what marriage and what this should be. I had a knowing of that even back then. And I... I was reading all these, you know, books and, um, I know I read one book called spiritual midwifery and it was just basically just birth stories, kind of a stories of, of how these, these hippies in San Francisco had driven their bus across the country. And as they were going across the country, moving to the East coast or moving down South, I guess it'd be considered in Tennessee they were having to learn the skills to deliver babies because as they were traveling, people were getting pregnant and having babies. And so there's this, there's this story and I was reading this story. And as I was reading the stories, I was becoming more and more inspired by the way that they approached childbirth, which was so different than the places, the things I had heard um, in the United States and the hospitals that were so cold and so medical these were like couples loving each other and, um, and you know, having a, a nice space to have a baby in and having midwives that were caring and loving and full of touch and just full of just nurturing. And I was just a young girl 
and just discovering so many things about life. But I remember feeling um, very, I just remember having that knowing that this was something really sacred that I was stepping into and I wasn't, I wasn't in that place. Um, so one night as I was going to bed, I started having really bad pain, really bad cramps, and I began to bleed. And I was having a miscarriage, and I bled so much. I mean, I, I bled dangerously, actually. I bled way too much. I didn't, you know, know very much back then, but I, I had I had filled a, a pretty big size of my sheet just drenched in blood, and I was hemorrhaging having this miscarriage and at the time we didn't have a car so I walked to the nearest clinic we lived on a little island in the Pacific Northwest and I walked to a little clinic to get help and we didn't have like a hospital or ER on the clinic um, on the island rather so I walked to this clinic it was probably two and a half miles each way to the clinic and I asked for help and they asked me for a $50 you know copay or $50 to be seen I didn't have any money and so they turned me away and I walked back and, and, um, you know, I had just lost a babe, my baby and I had hemorrhaged and I was feeling terrible. And, um, and the next day I went to work and, and I went to work and I walked to work. It was five miles again, um, almost one way to work where I worked and I happened to go into the health food store right next to the restaurant I worked at and there happened to be a midwife that worked there part-time and her name was Margaret and so I began to talk to her and kind of tell her what had happened the day before and and about the miscarriage and and she said honey you you know I, I didn't it was where she said, honey, you've had a, you've lost a baby. You've lost, you've had a miscarriage. And even though it's small, it's still a baby and it's still a miscarriage. You need to go home and take some iron, take some vitamin C and rest. And it wasn't until she said that to me, like you just lost a baby. Even though it was a tiny little baby, I, it was like, a, it was like it, it, it was like it just, this realization came over me. Like I just, I just had a baby like I just you know so I just didn't realize it I mean you know it but then you really you're young and you just aren't as aware and um I went home and took some vitamin c and rested for a few days and came back to work and was feeling much better after a few days with some iron because I lost so much blood and um that was that was my first experience with anything to do with childbirth um, was the the losing the loss of that first pregnancy, and the awareness that this was something really holy, this was something really sacred, and and yeah. So um, my husband and I were married soon after, and then we began to um, then we had our first baby, of course, and that's a whole nother story. But but those were the beginnings. That was the beginning. It was my journey into midwifery. I was reading this book, and it was also my journey into motherhood was just this first loss. And I think sometimes when we look at the places of our life where we have established roots, we forget the beginnings of where we were. 
we forget how much time has passed. You know, when I have, I have roots in midwifery that go back to the time I was 18 and, and, and I'm obviously not 18 anymore, but those, those roots are kind of the places that I grew from and that I learned from. And, and no matter what you do, when you establish a root, when you establish in the beginning, kind of who you are, you build from that place. No matter where you're building from, you, you're growing these roots, you're growing these, um, these opinions, you're learning, experiencing, maturing. Anytime you stray or even walk away from those places for a time, you never have to worry that they're not going to be there when you get back. So what I mean by that is one of the one of the things that people always say to me is, well, I can't step out of what I'm doing. And for me, it was midwifery or for someone else, it's something else. I can't step out of that because if I step out of it, I'm going to forget how to do it. I'm not going to know what I'm doing anymore. I'm going to lose what I have gained. It like It's almost like it's this panic, like it won't be there when I start to do it again. And the truth is, is that when you establish something, it's there when you need it. And it it is there waiting for you and it doesn't just go away. So there's like this fear we have of like, well, I can't stop doing this um, because, you know, again, it won't be there when I get back. Um, when I'm done, it will oh, I've missed my opportunity. It, it will, you know, have passed me by. The truth is, if you're called to do something, and and you've put time and energy into that thing you're called to do, when the time is right for you to step back into that place, the room has been made for you already. You don't have to fear taking time off, stepping away from something. And then stepping back later when it's a different time and different season because it will make room for you. It says the anointing makes room for us. The thing we're called to do makes room for us. We don't have to make room for ourselves. We don't have to force things into action. There will be room made for you when it's the time. And half that battle is just figuring out that time and then just trusting that beginning, trusting those roots. The roots are, the beginnings are always there to build on. So it's not like you lose everything when you stop. But one of the beautiful things about roots is they produce confidence, they produce faith, and they produce hope. So when you have roots, you know that when you are ready again, it's there waiting for you to to step into and build upon. You don't have to fear that you're going to lose everything. You don't have to have anxiety about it. You can prioritize your life in such a way that if you need to take time and step away from doing something because it's taking away from something that is precious to you. Like for me, it was taking away um, midwifery at times has taken away from family time, from my kids' birthday parties, from being home when they needed me. And in, in, in different seasons and different times, there was a grace over me to do those things. And then when the grace is lifted, it just lifts. And I don't know if that's your experience, but for me, when the grace is there, it's just a grace. It's just a, 
a, a God-given, easy, breezy grace to do something. It's like, I can just do it because I know that I have the grace to do it. Even if it's hard and complicated and a little um, overwhelming in the beginning, when you start something again, it can be overwhelming. But if there's a grace to do it, then I can do it. But if the grace is lifted, it's like sandpaper. It just isn't easy. It's just hard. And I'm not saying that every hard thing, we should just stop doing it and give up on it. And never mind, because grace is obviously the yes and hard is a no. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that even in the hard, there is a grace that comes with that. When you're in the season of your life, you're in the timing and you're supposed to be doing things in that season, in that time. There is just a grace in that timing. And as I did midwifery over the years, there were many times when I would stop doing the midwifery. I would take, you know, a few years off, focus on my family, focus on my marriage, whatever it was, and then come back to it later. And I used to think, you know, you know, what if I don't know what I'm doing anymore? What if I forget everything? But you don't. Things aren't as, as automatic in your mind. You have to think a little bit harder maybe to remember, what was that herbal remedy I did for that? Or well, how did I do that last time? There's definitely like that little learning curve, but you don't forget what you've studied so hard for. You don't forget what you've done. It, it does come back to you. It's a little like riding a bicycle with um, maybe a new coat of paint. So, um, but... I think that establishing roots and having those beginnings be solid is so, so helpful in your future, the future endeavors that you, the things you do. Um, after I had my, my first baby, um, I had, I actually had premature labor with my next labor. I had premature labor from 28 weeks until 37 weeks when they finally induced me because I had had a condition called preeclampsia. So here I am, I'm pregnant again. I'm married now. My husband and I are really excited. We, we actually just bought a house and, um, we were, uh, 19, uh, when, um, and then we just turned 20 just a few months after we had our first child, our first daughter. Um, and that, that pregnancy was hard. I still here I am studying to be a midwife. I was um, teaching childbirth education classes. Um, and I was establishing those roots that I look back upon now. And I, I can't believe I was so young doing all those things. I think it's extraordinary to be honest because I mean I didn't know what I was doing it was the one thing I knew that I knew that I knew was that I wanted to be the mother of mothers that I wanted to be a midwife I wanted to you know be able to speak into women's lives into families lives and to and change the trajectory of birth and it is for me a sacred calling it isn't just um, a profession but it's a sacred calling and that's why I've been able to do it with with so much um, 
I guess, I guess I put on that strength, even though there's been some rough times, I've had to do it through some rough times, but I've always known that if I put it down, because God said to put it down, it would always be there for me because what he's called you to do is again, it makes room for you in the right time, in the right season. And not every season's the same. Sometimes like recently, two of my, um, um, acquaintances and friends, um, who were midwives have recently, um, stepped, um, stepped down or are stepping down from, um, practicing as a midwife for a time. Um, one, because there's an illness in the family and the other, because just needs a break. And I'm so proud of those women and those decisions that they have made to take their family and make it first because in my life it's it's God first and then my family and then everything else and in that order my life is in what I believe is right order and it's the way that I'm able to um, do what I need to do without negating the other thing without negating what's important to me I would feel terrible if those that I love were suffering because of what I was doing nothing is ever more important than that first priority so again for me it's God and then it's family and then it's everything else and when those are in order everything else falls into place when those are out of order everything is chaotic and nothing matters more to me than making sure that that I have time for my relationship with God. I have time to sit and to pray. I have time to contemplate my life. I have time to look at the conditions of of my own heart, the conditions of the family of people that God has put in my life. Um, And then to nurture my, my marriage, to nurture my children and my grandchildren now to take time to make sure my kids know that they're thought about and that they're loved. It is not an easy task to be a daughter of God, to be a wife, to be a mother, to be a friend, to be um, a midwife. It's not, this is not an easy role, but it is one that is, I believe, important. And I believe each piece nurtures the next. So motherhood is sacred marriage is sacred and the things that the people and the things that god has put in my life are sacred those are things that god has given me to do and i want to do them really well and not like in a perfectionistic way well like i want to do them well like i want to honor them well i want to um make things right if i've messed them up i want to I want, I want people at the end of the day to feel cared about and loved. And sometimes it's, we're so human, aren't we? We just are so human. We, we snap, we raise our voices. We are short with people. We're short with ourselves. We just um, are in need of grace for our own selves. And definitely um, in a place where we definitely get humbled. Um, we're not perfect. We're just doing our best. But if we don't have a goal, 
and we don't have roots, it's really hard to do the things that are really important to do. And I think that's, that's one of the overlooked things about um, those things. Sometimes what's funny about motherhood and it's funny about marriage is that they're the most, I just feel like they go unpraised a lot. So you're home with kids all day long. You're doing all these things. feels like you've done nothing, but you're actually doing everything. You probably haven't sat down. And you're just so busy. Um, At least for me, it was really hard to find time just to spend, to do anything for my own self. So I found a lot of peace working outside with my hands, planting flowers, working in the garden, taking a walk. Um just having a cup of coffee with a friend. There are things that we do that bring us joy, that remind us who we are, that refresh us, and and they remind us that we can do this again the next day and hopefully do it better than the day before. I mean, that's all you can ask yourself, right, is to try again the next day. Um, but there's a security in there's a security in those roots those places, those stories that make us who we are Um, you've heard me say this before and I'll say it again but I always say that my husband and I are a holy accident and I say that because we both come from um, divorced um, families families of divorce on both sides and, and no judgment but, you know, but, um, marriage is hard. <laughs> marriage is hard work. And we had to learn early on um, that, at least for us, divorce wasn't an option. Now, that doesn't mean that there are not legitimate divorces because there are, so don't take that to heart. But I'm just saying that there are there are ways to work through really hard things in marriage, but it does take two people. Two people have to agree, two people have to commit, two people have to work at it. It's not a, not one partner's job to fix the other partner. It's not one partner's job to um, do all the work. Everybody has to be all in or you're not in at all. And I feel like we did not have our, we were just really young. Okay. So if we had waited till we were like in our mid twenties or even thirties, we probably would have had maybe some more skills, but we were so young. We didn't have any, you know, skills. We were still immature and still selfish and didn't know how to fight and didn't know how to have a conversation. And, and that's actually a skill. Um, and then the things that we had brought from our various families, some of them were awesome and some of them were really great and some of them weren't great. And that's the process of kind of weeding through your life and figuring out what you're going to bring into your, your, your marriage, what you're going to bring into your family, what's important to you and what didn't serve you well. And kind of that process, that weeding out process is how you establish this new root, this new family that you're establishing. 
your new your new marriage is with your husband, your your marriage, your and your your children that you have. Those are family roots, and you're establishing it from the very beginning. And that is what your kids have. You're giving them that gift of roots of stability. It's a really beautiful gift. Um, and again, nothing nothing in my in my um, in my life, nothing that's 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 beautiful or sacred has come easy it it has taken work it has taken people getting in my face saying are you gonna quit (laughs) and then not quitting and you know realizing that I think one of my um my dear friends um years ago she used to say you don't have you can put you don't have to make every decision right now you can actually shelve it and think about it and then process it and make it later because as an ADHD person I I'm not good at that I'm not good at just taking information and then and then not making immediate decisions about things I'm very I'm actually pretty good at making quick decisions about things but it's not necessarily something that you should always do um, in an emergency it's a great skill and as a midwife it served me well but as a as a a woman and as a friend and as a wife and 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 sometimes even as a mother it has not served me well i have made irrational decisions i have um you know made mistakes in in the way that i see things and if i had taken the time to really process it and think about it and pray through it it probably would have landed in a better place than it did but once again we're growing we're building that root system and the fruit that comes from that root system hopefully as it gets weeded out and trimmed off it gets better with time um so anyway that was that was a a little bit of a uh yeah i don't know oh you ever just have these conversations with yourself and and you look back and you realize that you didn't realize you were building a root system. You didn't realize that you were putting together something of value when you said yes to something. Your yeses are really important and also your no's are. You gotta know when to say yes and you gotta know when to say no. Both are equally important. And it's okay to do both. It's okay to say yes and it's okay to say no. There is a time and a season for everything, a purpose for everything under the heavens, it says in Ecclesiastes. And um, there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to reap, a time to sow. And I feel like those those proverbs are so, the sayings are so important as you contemplate what's important and what's valuable and what's sacred in our lives. So... Just a little tidbit for you today. Um, it's going to be a, a great fall season. Um, it's at least here in where I live. It is the heat of summer is still here, but you can definitely feel the fall is coming. And for us, that season is falling leaves and and harvesting the the, the fall vegetables and. Um, Thanksgiving coming up and and then Christmas and all those fun um, winter things so I hope you have a great week 
enjoy your family, enjoy what God has called you to do, embrace it with your whole heart, learn from your mistakes, don't be too hard on yourself, and establish good roots, and you know that good fruit will follow and produce faith and not fear. Hey, this is Corey. Thank you so much for listening today. And if you liked what you heard, consider giving me a follow. Have a wonderful day. See you next time.